podcast i'm bobby i'm nick i'm amanda and i am apparently in a hurricane uh or tropical storm but nobody told the storm and it's just i don't know kind of just breezing through it's a little bit of rain um uh, other people from around the country are calling me and making sure i'm okay and meanwhile like my dog's outside just chilling (laughs) it's fine um I, yeah, I think uh, it's being sensationalized a little bit. Maybe it's just a, a low uh, news cycle week. You know, there's just not nothing to talk about. So let's talk about California getting some rain. Um, but, you know, it's like one of those things where, like, if you didn't prepare and it was a disaster, you know, fucking everybody would be like, you know, well, what's wrong with our infrastructure and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, everybody's fine so far. Um it's supposed to keep ramping up until six o'clock, but that's one hour from now. So, you know, if it keeps ramping up at this rate, we're fine. There's no problems. Bobby, have you seen anything? Nope. Just a lot of rain. So Yeah. But would you even call it heavy rain? No, if nobody would have told me that this was a hurricane or a tropical storm, I wouldn't have thought anything of it, honestly. But you know what? You got to prepare. I mean, they yeah, anticipated a storm, and it could have been a, a lot worse. I guess it could still be. So and my girlfriend was like texting me, like, you should pull cash out and uh, make sure you have a go bag and uh, pull off all your furniture off the uh, patio. And I'm just like, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> 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 uh, which but uh, like, had the power fine. gone out for five days, she would have then been right. I would have just killed myself, probably. Wow. <laughs> you could do it so easily from your room, dude. You could just, just literally jump right off. Death of is what? Nine steps away from you right now? That is crazy, dude. Uh, yeah, to it's think a pretty about. long fall from where I'm at. Everybody but... be nice to Bobby, dude. He has, <laughs> he has a cliff nine uh, steps away from his computer. Yeah, and it doesn't take much, man. If the internet is out for a day, then uh, I'm, I'm looking at that ledge. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> it's all... That ledge is looking real nice. Oh, my God. That is, uh, that is so dark. Well, things that are not dark but actually probably bring a lot of light is video games. This is a video Ooh. game podcast. And so moving on into it, we've got things things on the radar these are games that have come to our attention maybe we didn't play it a ton maybe we played just a little demo maybe we saw it was like that looks neat so that's what these are games that are on the radar i'm going to start with a sandbox that's the one i put on mine which is kind of a a physics sandbox um you're basically bullying a rag doll so you know if you're feeling dark and angry and pissed off this is probably a great game for that because you can just sit there and you know shoot this rag doll throw them push them just it kind of looks like a goofy gary's mod with um yeah like but it's dark you know there's like definitely a lot of blood and a lot of craziness to it it's very violent um but it's mostly a physics game uh so far it's got very positive reviews there's only an 182 but still it's 95 percent very positive came out six days ago so relatively new and eight dollars so i mean it just seems like a mix between troll and therapy and (laughs) interesting physics (laughs) yeah it looks pretty gnarly it'll be really therapeutic when you can um graft your boss's face on the uh, on the little guy 
Um, but I think you nailed it with the uh, Gary's mod because I think it was like the very first thing I did with Gary's mod is see what I could do with the rag dolls. You know, just kind of like strap rockets to the little limbs and just see what happens. So that's what it looks like to me. Man, yeah. you would. I mean, did you ever play the Just Cause series? Uh, yeah, I tried, dude. I played three. I don't know if I didn't have a controller at the time or something, but the keyboard controls were the worst thing I've ever played. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was good on console, but it was unplayable on PC, at least at the time. No, yeah, the only reason I ask is because there's like a lot of ragdoll physics and like physics in that game that like you mess around with. Yeah, because of the grappling hook and like grappling things together and stuff, right? Yeah, and then there's also like these little like rocket, like sticky rockets that you can put on anything, and it's it's just nuts. Yeah, but uh, so is there anything else you wanted to say about this game, Days? It looks pretty. Interesting. No, that's just it. It just seems uh, like a pretty fun. I mean, I feel like the name is a little lazy, right? Standbox, like okay, because your dude is standing, <laughs> and it's a sandbox physics, like cool, whatever, bro. But it does look like a very fun game, especially for eight dollars and like therapeutic. Especially if you got a little bit of a violent and dark side. Hell yeah, this looks pretty good. So I don't know, that's Standbox, but. Um... I don't know. I feel like Emilio, you've got quite a bit on your. Uh... Oh, tell me about Shadow Gambit, the Curse Crew. I actually played this a bit on the Next Fest when they had demos going on. What did you think of this? Um, I didn't play it, but the demo is, I think, still live. Um, but I have also played the uh, other games that this developer has made, and they have quite the track record. So it's me, 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 me games, and um, they have also made. Um, let's see, Desperados 3 and Shadow Tactics. Shadow Tactics, you can pick up for $4 right now. It's 90% off. And it's overwhelmingly positive with like uh, 27,000 reviews. Desperados is overwhelmingly positive with, um, let's see, like 8,000 reviews. And then, so now this is the newest one, Shadow Gambit. So the first one's Samurai. Second one is like Gunslingers. And now the newest one is Pirates. And it's already overwhelmingly positive with almost 600 reviews, 97%. These games always do really well. Uh, they're tactics-based tactics, tactics based games, more tactics than than it is like um, story or or even more than XCOM. Like imagine XCOM, but like all it is is the tactics part of it, you know? They're, sure, there's a little bit of story, but that's definitely not the focus. Um, there's good, there's good uh, voice acting and all of that, but definitely what you're going to be spending most of your time doing is infiltrating really large like um, areas, uh, you know, play it however you want stealth or loud or whatever. Uh, every character has their own abilities. And so you get this crew of like this motley crew of, of just like different characters and you, you can main whichever one you want, you know, you just use that one more than the other ones. So you end up playing like that more. Anyway, they're really well done. These games, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. They always do well. Um, I I think I probably put the most time into Shadow Shadow Tactics, um, but I never finished it. But yeah, um, I can't recommend these games enough. They're, they're very much like PC games, you know? A lot of clicking and, um, uh, you know, it's like a C... Not a CRPG, but more more computer based. I, I, I think you'd have a harder time playing this on console. Anyway, um, yeah, I would I would start with Shadow Tactics for four bucks if you have no idea what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, but I mean, I thought Shadow Gambit was, like I said, pretty cool. The demo's out there right now still to play, so people can make their own decisions with it as well. But, like, the tactical <clears throat> RPG of this is really nice to me. Because, I mean, I remember you played quite a bit of Weird West. Yeah. Because to me, at least when I played this demo, I liked the demo a lot. But the one thing I did not like about the demo was the exact same thing that I did not like about Weird West, which is actually how reliant on stealth it is. And like mm -hmm. everything stealth checks and in ways I don't mind that because like with Baldur's Gate 3 like I love the rogue and doing the stealth checks and being sneaky and things like that but I like a variety with that whereas I felt like this game and Weird West are that's like the biggest way that you approach it and like the obviously the way that you should be approaching it and I don't necessarily like that I kind of like that you can you know do all kinds of multitudes of things when you're fighting and coming up with these different tactics in, in an rpg and i felt like that kind of was lost here when you focus so much on stealth but what did you think did you get any vibes from like weird west in this game as well when you looked at it yeah i mean they're, they're both um tactical or uh, technical turn-based uh but well but i think weird west you could make it real time huh if you wanted to there was like a button to make it re real time that, that was interesting. I remember that. Um, but yeah, as far as you're saying, I haven't played the demo on this. Did you um, Did you only have one character or did you have multiple characters in the demo? I had multiple characters in the demo. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there is a heavy reliance on stealth because it's just like, how are you going to go up against a whole base of guys with just like yeah. four people, you know? I guess it gives it me so much anxiety. It's <laughs> just like as soon as one dude sees you, I'm like, oh, geez. And then I'm like running around, <laughs> hiding in different bushes, and they're looking for me. And I'm just like, dude, I feel like I'm going to have a fucking heart attack playing games. And I ain't trying to die on in my gamer chair. You know what I mean? And so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the just... other thing that makes these games like stand out too is while you're stealthing, a lot of times you can do environmental um, things, you know, like drop a box on somebody's head or whatever. Which is cool. And then, yeah, and if you do it without being caught, the people are just like, oh, I guess Jim's dead. Like, they, they don't really react much. They'll look over there and be like, oh, shit, that box. There goes that, Bill. <laughs> there he goes. Yeah. Um, it is hilarious. I did really enjoy, like, the the way that people were reacting in Shadow Gambit. That was pretty fun. And also, too, like, the pirate angle is pretty great and, and fun, too. I don't know if we're ever going to get uh, bored of that. I know Bobby won't with uh, Sea of Thieves. But <laughs> so... What do you think, Bobby? Have you played any of these? I have not. No. All right. But I do enjoy pirate pirate themed games. <clears throat> I feel All like right. that was the life I missed out on, except for the whole like dying in your thirties thing. I think being a pirate would be pretty cool. Thirties, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. A, I, I would say 30s. most most yeah, of well, them died in their late teens and early twenties. I would say most yeah. pirates. Yeah. If yeah. not by like scurvy, but by like syphilis or anything else, or like tetanus, something, something shitty. Yeah, something shitty. <laughs> and you know what, dude? It's like shit. they're like he's sick, but he's still eating. I don't. Let's just throw him overboard. Like it's not yeah. worth it. Or no. let's eat him because we ran out of food. I mean, it's not like they could really diagnose that stuff back in the day, too. I mean, yeah. they don't know what they're doing. They're just he's like, cursed oh. by witches. <laughs> you know what's That's crazy? True. I've, I found out that you, people have been able to, to diagnose diabetes since like the mid, medieval ages by tasting people's piss. Yeah, to see if it tasted sweet. Yep. It's wild. It's wow. crazy. I think it was uh, like 
the things that doctors would do to cure what they called hysteria in women up until the 1950s oh, yeah. is nuts. Like the medical medical history is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> especially involving women. It's pretty Yeah, bad. well, that and neurological things, you know what I mean? Like, definitely women, but, like, also, too, mental health and, Lobotomies, like, just anything yeah. with the brain. Yeah, like, the answer to everything was, like, oh, are you a little sad bitch? Have a lobotomy. Like, it yeah. was just, it's nuts. Speaking of lobotomies, phasmophobia got a lobotomy and fucking reimagined itself. Ooh. Uh, whoa, it's a whole new persona? Dude, uh, so they like, did the biggest update to the game. Uh, they completely reworked the lighting uh, they completely reworked all the devices. Uh, the update was even bigger than people thought it would be and more effective. The game is way harder. Um, so my that friend who plays hard. my friend who plays the game, um, he plays on like a like if there's like five difficulties, he'll play on like level four of like phasmophobia, right? Because you can make your own difficulties now. Um, he's like after eleven hunts, he's only ever had one perfect hunt, and he's only lived three times. He's like, uh, the game is just way uh, more difficult, way more interactive. The fact that you have to use all these analog items is way harder. Um, things are not as as clear to, to everybody, like the frozen breath, like when you have freezing temperatures. That's not always a dead giveaway anymore. It has to like be extremely below freezing for freezing breath to show up. So it's uh, for those who don't know, Phasmophobia is a ghost hunting game. Uh, it's been out for like I think three and a half years now. Um, I think we all this know point... what phasmophobia is at this point. <laughs> hey man, we might have some new listeners. For real. <laughs> well, Bobby, I mean um, Nick, it's now called phasmophobia, uh, phasmophobia Ascension. That's a new tagline, right? That they didn't have um, before. Yeah, that is the new that is the new DLC tagline is Ascension. Yeah, these um, graphics look way better, dude. Way yeah. better. And so they upgraded a bunch of textures. Um, all the new items are in the game, except for a couple of them that they're still teasing, and I think they're going to be coming during Halloween. It's so weird to me that they always do their biggest updates in the summer, like at the end of summer. Um, but, hey, you know, they do it every time, either July or August, and this is this year's giant update. Um, if you're a Phasmophobia head and you haven't played it in a while um, and you're not playing Baldur's Gate 3, definitely play, you know pick it back up. They reset everyone's account back to zero, um, and now it's way more beneficial to play with friends. You can't really solo games anymore. Um, you can, if you like uh, play with randos and like make a bunch of money, then you can start soloing stuff. But uh, I would strongly suggest like finding a group of people or play playing with randoms. Bobby, isn't this everything that you wanted for this game? Um, yeah. I mean, we knew this update was coming. Um, I didn't know it was coming so fast, but, uh, <clears throat> or maybe I did. I think they had a, a roadmap out, but I'm wondering if uh, people are finding it harder because it actually is harder or if they've been playing phasmophobia for so long. Most people that I know that play this game, they have it memorized. They, they know the maps, they know the tools, they know what to do and when they can identify ghosts very easily. I think, because there's been so many changes and so much new content now, it might just be like they have to relearn all that. Maybe in a month, yeah. everybody will be all caught up. That's exactly what it is. Uh, so, so this is their point nine update. So this is like their update before 1.0, apparently. Um, and so they integrated so many new changes, like so many new devices and so many new analog devices, like the level one stuff. That the people that have been playing for years are like, dude, how the fuck do I use this thing? Like, why is this so shitty to look at? Okay, I, I have to see dots in person instead of through a, through a camera now. 
Like you don't get mm. sanity pills in the beginning anymore. Like it is, it's nuts. Um, oh, did they um, go back in time with it? Is that why everything's analog? No, 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 no. So they just reset everybody's account. They're like, it's, it, you know, it's an, essentially a new season now, right? Yeah, they have different and... levels for items now. So you you level up your item. You start off with the really crappy stuff, and then when you get more money or experience, then you can buy the better yeah. equipment. Dude, there's no way I'm going to start a ghost hunting team without one of the one of the original members being rich. Like, we need funding. Like, there's no, you yeah, know, there's like, no way you're doing with this dollar store ghost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go to the dollar store and then to the haunted mansion. No, dude, no, you go to fucking uh, I don't know, like your rich friend's house and then hit their mom up with a with a business proposal. Yeah, so that that's phasmophobia ascension. Uh, what's what what? Saints Row, dude. I haven't heard about this game in ages. What's going on with that, buddy? <laughs> uh, apparently, they're coming out with a new Saints Row game, and it's just called Saints Row. So this is... Um, I, I don't know if it's a remake of the original one or if it's just um, uh, like a reboot of the franchise, but it is coming out August 24th, so we will find out very soon. Now, I haven't played any of these Saints Row games, but I felt like they were kind of clones of uh, Grand Theft Auto, but with a little more of a, a wacky side, especially by the Cheekier. time. Yeah. Yeah, especially by the time you got to, uh, I think it was four, it got pretty goofy. Um, and yeah, was, you were swinging around a four foot long dildo as a weapon at one point, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh I think on Jeez. four, like one of your members is the president and the rest of you get superpowers. Like it's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, kinda like just cause where it was just all about the crazy stunts and every uh, you know, just um it made for a lot of good memes, I guess, very marketable. But this looks like it's kinda going back to the roots and it's a little more serious. So I I don't mm -hmm. know. I just somebody saw somebody crash on top of a spaceship. Oh, okay, maybe not, maybe not serious. that serious. I mean, there are canyons. <laughs> serious. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Coming out August 24th, we'll see if it's any good. Were um, you guys with the, when they reboot something, just called it the, you know, the first name again without like putting Mortal like, Kombat or? Mortal, yeah, yeah, it's Mortal sure. Kombat 1. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't get it twisted, uh, dude. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Are you, I, you okay with this it. or it doesn't matter? Or? I don't think it regardless of how you feel about it, there's no avoiding it now. They've been doing it in movies and video games for like ever. And it's going to keep happening. Yeah. And yeah, it, it gets really confusing care. when they just start doing the, um, like they were supposed to have a, a new RoboCop too, that ignores, or, or I'm sorry, it was like a new RoboCop movie, but it picks up either where the first or the second one left off. I don't know. That's when it starts to get confusing for me. It's like, uh, they did that with Terminator as well. We're going to ignore all the bad sequels and then we're going to have a, a sequel or, uh, oh, right. an, another one after the good ones. So I don't know, man, it's hard to keep track of if you're not super into it, but, uh, yeah. And it also makes things difficult with Google searches, but Bobby, can whatever. you, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, can you chime me in on that? So there was, an, there was a Terminator that picked up where Terminator 3, like replaces Terminator 3? Uh, what was the last Terminator movie? Resurrection? Uh, I didn't Super see it. I almost did. That oh. was back when I had that uh, AMC pass. Did. And I oh, was yeah. seeing like a ton of movies. Salvation, yeah. So, Salvation. Yeah. So this one, I think that one was supposed to take place after Judgment Day. 
So it in, oh. it ignored three, yeah. and um, and then that other one with Christian so Bale. Yeah. Let, let's risk confusing fucking everyone, and let's just insert this where the shitty ones were. <laughs> well, it's just it's kind of insulting too to the people who made the other yeah. movies. It's like it totally draws a line in the sand. Like we we all recognize that nobody likes these other movies, so we're just going <laughs> to ignore those like they never existed. <laughs> and we're going to. We don't acknowledge these ones. These ones don't, they're not part of the family anymore. They're not yeah. part of the yeah. family. Get them out of here. Nobody call them over for Thanksgiving. It's they're not, not invited to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention too, a couple of weeks ago, we had talked about WrestleFest, and that game is coming out tomorrow, August 21st. I'm going to keep an eye on it and see how the reviews are, see how people are reacting to it. I I kind of like the idea. It was an RPG game based on um, wrestlers from the 80s, and they actually uh, were able to use their likeness. It's not just like some uh, cheesy knockoff where it's it's obviously this person, but they can't use their name. No, they actually use like Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and everything. So I don't know. We'll see. I just yeah. watched a um, like a YouTube documentary on the Ultimate Warrior. It was pretty fucking good, dude. Like I had no idea what exact you know. Like, I used to fucking idolize that guy, and then now to see, like he wasn't a very good wrestler. He he nope. only had like five minutes of uh, of endurance. He was a, he was a bodybuilder. He wasn't really a, a so he would go out there and act super crazy, win a match in five minutes, and but he could not go past five minutes. He would just get gassed out. And uh, it's just interesting because, you know, as a kid, you're just like, this guy's obviously the ultimate warrior. Like, he's, he can kick anybody's ass. <laughs> he can kick God's ass. <laughs> he beat, he, they let he him Chuck fucking, Norris. They let him be uh, Hulk Hogan, you know, and take over yeah. the title. But he just fell apart after that. Anyway, you, uh, have you ever seen Dark Side of the Ring? No. Yeah, my girlfriend yeah, watches a, that a lot. You should watch it. It's called it's a documentary series. I'll send it to you later. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's by Vice. They explore a lot of this stuff that happened behind the scenes in the in the past with wrestling. Um, I didn't know Vice was still around. They got oh, bought yeah. out. Oh. Yeah. Um, in chat, Pyronical is saying that Saints Row came out in 2022, and I'm looking, and he is correct. And it looks like this was released on. Oh, on Epic. And it did really poorly. On Epic, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and it's that t- one. This is the one that sucked. Yeah. And then I, 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 I was thinking about it, and I wasn't 100% sure, so I didn't say anything. But, yeah, they, they they released a, like, character creator first and that was free on Epic, and I played it. Well, you know, as much as you can play a character creator. I was like, okay. I mean, there's, it's not so cool that I'm like, whoa, awesome character. It's no, it's no Baldur's Gate. No, that's the bar. That's the bar, everyone. That's the for bar. Character creation. For character creation, Baldur's Gate's not even that deep. Yeah. What um, do you mean? You've got like four different penises to pick from. Uh, they're not the deep. first game to do that, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Although it did confuse me at first. It won't be the last. Yeah, it, it has you pick body type and then your gender. And it, it confused me at first because every single game handles that typically the same way. You know, you pick if you're a, a man or a woman, male or female. But this one, you pick, you can pick a uh, female body, but then like you identify as a man. So it gives mm-hmm. you a lot of, and then, and then you can choose whatever genitalia you want, to, regardless of what body you chose. So yeah, 
I mean, and then you can be a fucking dragon. So you're right. Like you can do whatever <laughs> you want to be. Yeah, my, my no, I'm just waiting for like the like, people to get like super offended by that, like how it's like trans did, friendly they, or something. And and, and it, because it's a game where you can, yeah, you can be a dragon or a, or a goblin or something. And then the 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 people draw the line at uh, <laughs> uh, chicks with dicks. Apparently, but. there there was a point where like D and D got it under some fire because like certain races has certain attributes, you know? And so they came under fire for that. And it's just like, that's Let been me... going around for like 30 years, dude. But, and they did dial it back. And then oh, there's new rule set coming out, I guess. Slowly. Let me clarify D&D this. One. So D&D 1's coming out. Essentially, yeah. also, you can either play it one of two ways. All races get all other races' abilities, or you can just play it the classic way where each race gets like, whatever race's ability and they're no longer called racy races they're called like species i think mm-hmm. um or uh or histories i think it's what it's called um so they don't call them races anymore either and well I, I, and then at, at level one you get a, a feat and i think that's probably how they're giving the the racial abilities now yeah but yeah it's a lot more inclusive and stuff uh, well, i don't I feel know like that's what they're worse. doing with world of warcraft too like the it's becoming more and more that the the races don't matter as much and i I think i I think they're kind of doing that because everybody and wow everybody's just trying to min max so if you want to play a healer and you're playing on the alliance then you have to pick a human um well there there used to be a stat where it's like the least played uh class and and like sex combo was uh troll war a female troll warrior because like trolls were the worst warriors and like just no one wanted to be a female troll and it was like only because everybody was min maxing and but now there's just way more you know coming around things like mm-hmm. that it's just it's nuts so like it's almost becoming like races are races or species are becoming a skin mm-hmm. yeah pretty right? much. just like becoming aesthetic only but it's like Really, you're gonna tell me that this fucking this gnome is gonna supposed to be just as strong as this like uh, this half orc? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Those are funny to... though. I love having. Uh, I love rolling fucking gnome tanks or or dwarf tanks. They're just so short. That's the thing now for like D and D is that they give you the choice, right? They're like, do you want to play like OG rules where you know each race has their own like their own features and and abilities, or do you want to play where you can kind of just pick and choose your own thing? Because that's what kind of what like Pathfinder is you can really just make your own race and like nitpick what you want for your character. So, um, the, so D and D one is not, is fully compatible, uh, reverse compatible with D and D five E. So apparently any- yes. And then the other thing that they they came out with, with me and the lotion got confused this, this past weekend was that you were going to be able to buy the books and you'll get a digital code and a physical copy. Yeah. Uh, now, we thought you could get a digital code now. And I was like, oh, just send me your digital code because he buys a bunch of the books and you read them for shits and giggles. And he's like, I'm trying to find this digital code and I can't find it, man. And I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, I had to go to like my local game store and ask them because I couldn't find it online. Hmm. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess m- more of that will come out later. Yeah, it- we're also we're deep in the weeds, but we're still <laughs> on the radar. <laughs> so... I'm gonna lead into like what I was uh what I put on the radar, which is Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Um, this game, as soon as I saw it, Jet Set Radio Future can't convince me otherwise. It's exactly what it looks like. That mm-hmm. seems to be how it's it played. Exact, yep. It uh, it looks 
awesome i i'm really excited about this so like jet set radio future was a game that i think was like what in the early 2000s or something on i played it on a console uh where you're rolling around on roller skates and like fighting people and graffitiing like the side of walls and all kinds of shit and doing tricks and like it was a really cool unique art style for the time and this looks exactly like it which is really exciting to me um it's out it came out two days ago so brand new out it is 98 percent with 2600 people reviewing it as overwhelmingly positive it's 40 dollars on steam um and it just it looks like it's gonna bring back all the nostalgia that i miss at jet set radio future because i haven't been able to find a game like it and until this i don't know what do you guys think well, I think it's overwhelmingly positive with 98%. So I, th I think there's a lot of people who feel exactly like you. And I'm going to use this as an example to answer one of the questions in our listener questions later, too. Oh, with the nostalgia. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is a good one for that. Yeah. Hmm. Sweet. Did you guys right. play it? I never played this game. I mean, the original. Jet Set Radio? Oh, I the Jet Set Radio Future? Yeah, I never played it. Oh. I've seen it, so I recognized it right it. away, but... Uh, I believe it was for three. It was a launch title for 360, right? Could be. I could have sworn it was on the original Xbox. Maybe not. Um... So Jet Set Radio was a Dreamcast game, but yeah. Jet Set Radio Future go. was a uh, a 360 game, wasn't it? No, it was on the original Xbox, and it was released in 2002. You are correct. Yeah, hmm. I just looked up images and I saw the cover art, and it said Xbox. Yeah, Nick, do you ever get tired Xbox. of telling other people they're right? No, never. It's my favorite thing to do, actually. <laughs> I just, uh, I went down the wormhole deep when I had an Xbox, like the original one. Like, I loved um, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. That was during those days. And, like, Jet Set Radio Future and Dead or Alive 3 were, like, poof, on constant rotation. So, like, this, yeah, this game to me, I, I think I'm going to pick it up. But I want to use a controller. So I got to figure out my controller situation and make it better. Because, hmm. yeah, I think this would be tough on keyboard and uh, mouse what about you bobby did you ever play jet set radio future i did not um I, I had a dreamcast that was like the last console that i had and i was aware of jet set radio and that was a popular it was a popular game but i never played it i think i might have it on steam actually i think they re-released it on steam is that right dude dreamcast being your last console means you're such a hardcore pc gamer dude for real yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. And you know what's funny is it I wasn't that into the Dreamcast. Like that's when I was kind of let down by the console. I ended up selling it pretty quickly after um after I got it. Like I, I had a um Saturn, a Sega Saturn. And naturally when the Dreamcast came out, I upgraded to that. And then I remember getting it, playing a few games, and it it wasn't more than a couple of months where I was just like, I'm not that into this. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I think at the time I was really starting to pick up on, on PC gaming and transition over there. And maybe I was just going through a gaming wall. But I did want to mention that this game, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, uh, it is made by the same developer, uh, Team Reptile, that made Lethal League. And this is a game. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we played this same one. Same look. Now that I think about it. Yeah, it graphically looks very similar. Uh, Lethal League was one of those um, local uh, local multiplayer games we would always play when we were together. Um, yeah. And 
it, it was a lot of fun, but like most of these local multiplayer games, it was fun for, you know, 20, 30 minutes or something. It was a really intense, uh, fast-paced game of dodgeball, kind of. You would have this ball that you would try to whack um, at each other and, and, and hit each other with, and different characters that, that uh, operated different ways. But I remember it being good. So. Dave, let's make a list by let's say let's I mean you <laughs> we make a list of games that people want to play at DLG con like video games and then I'll have them all installed on my PC when I bring it over and then that way okay. we won't have to wait for all that that'd be cool right yeah that'd be really and cool and that's mine Lethal League yeah I want to bring that shit back it's so fun <laughs> Lethal League alright you got Lethal it League. well it's a lot like yeah. the game or the last game that I wanted to bring up for on the radar and that's Party Animals um, this is basically Gang Beasts or there was another uh, game like this, uh, Pummel Party, I think. Uh, but I thought you brought this up like a month ago, Bobby. Did I? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, familiar, maybe. Yeah, yeah it, it did look familiar. Um, so maybe I did bring it up before and completely forgot about it. But this looks pretty much like Gang Beast, but with cute, fluffy animals. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. Graphics are better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the graphics look good. It looks like it has that same fumble core. And the best thing about Gang Beast was just the the goofy way that they uh, moved around and um, uh, like moved their limbs and tried to push each other off things. It was really comical, and it, it, it looks like Party Animals has that as well. Uh, that's coming out in a month, September twentieth. And it looks like they've got some pretty good maps too. I like the the maps that they have here. Um, got. No, no game has made me laugh harder than Gang Beast. I would cry laughing sometimes. It's funny because I'll play it now and I'll be like, "Yeah, meh. you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what changed." Well, what's good Thank about you that game that too? Is I cannot type. If you ask Bobby, <laughs> he says I do it like a uh, like a preschooler. It's like finger by finger. Um, but what's great about Gang Beast is a, it's a really level playing field, so it's a great game to play with just people that are over and are not necessarily gamers. Like I feel like everybody's got a chance at that game. Yeah. All right. Um, last one. Uh, this is from Sanguine um, from our uh, On the Radar segment of our Discord. You can contribute games as well. DLgaming.net slash Discord, something like that. Um, this is Alone in the Dark. Shit, I didn't click it before you made it disappear. I, here it is. Um, so I, I, this is another like throwback game. Did you guys play the original Alone in the Dark? No, but I heard. Uh, of it. I believe I did actually. Very little of it. I remember it being big. I never played it. Um, this uh, new iteration or rework, uh, re, uh, sorry, remake, um, is very creepy. I mean, all there is is a video right now, but it's extremely cre- creepy. It's. Um, it has David Harbour, who's doing... He's getting so much work now, which is cool. And uh, Jodie Comer. I guess she's from Free Guy. Anyway, um, it's funny because, like... Yeah, I like David Harbour, you know, because I like Stranger Things. And then I saw an interview. I posted it on the, on the Discord. And he's talking about, like, yeah, I love video games. And, you know, there's always that, like... When, when they interview celebrities and they're like yeah i used to read this comic book set yeah this obscure comic book dude you used to read and now you're the fucking main character sure yeah uh, but you know uh, they probably just went back and read 
three issues and they're like now now they they know enough to lie about it but anyway david harper's like yeah i play video games and this is why i like this blah 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 uh, and i was like okay david harper and then he goes they said what games do you play he goes uh things you wouldn't know about you know things on steam like um hades binding of isaac and i was like oh, okay instant super fan like, <laughs> like uh those are deep cuts for you know for non pc gamers uh, he said a couple other ones too that like were not traditionally big games um so i thought it was very cool um anyway so alone in the dark is a complete remake of the old 90s game um I, it looks like they're going for like a resident evil 7 remake um that's funny it's a, it's a remake based uh look trying to do whatever another remake did um but that's the look that's the, like the same camera angle when the combat's happening over the shoulder um and just i don't know the characters seem interesting the setting is in the south like um gothic it said gothic south mixed with like i don't know like, i think it's the 1920s anyway it could be good it could be bad uh but a lot of money's going into this and um i probably will it'll probably be too scary for me to play to be honest same Although, Emilio, as a side note, how do you feel about you and I having a scare-off of seeing who could last longest in the same video game that's a horror game? I like it. In Halloween. I like it. Yeah. I mean, we both said that we couldn't get out of the first room in Amnesia, right? I know. So that's where the bar is. So I, I wonder if we level. just play that. And first of all, just to see if it's still scary after all these years because, you know, it's old. We probably both own it. And then, yeah. Do we want to see who can get further? Yeah, I think we should contest. all just play Phasmophobia. And then we, yeah. we split up like the Scooby-Doo gang. You guys can go off together and me and Nick will. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play the prison, the biggest map, and we'll see how Emilio and I are just going to be crying in the corner. What are you, we're going to be useless. You got to team us up with somebody who knows what they're doing and then see which team sucks because then that's when you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be in the kitchen looking for food until fucking row, row. You know, just like Scooby Doo, just like Bobby said. Really, what is it? Thelma and uh, the dude would do all the work, right? It was, is that how it went? Oh, Thelma and Fred. Sorry, I've been watching Fred. a lot of Scooby Doo and Vivian's fucking obsessed with it right now. What do they call those hurt? giant sandwiches that he would always eat? They have a name for those sandwiches Hoagies? No. So, no submarine? No, it's the, the ones that are Grind stacked heroes? incredibly oh. high. It's, oh, it's like a know. Morton sandwich, it's like named after oh. a person. I'm going to look it up. Mm. We'll find out. But I'm thinking when we have DLGCon coming up in here, we should, uh, we should all take a trip down to the Whaley House. I don't know if it's going to be that scary. I haven't been there in like over a decade. But uh, it, it's right down there in Old Town. But that might be a good place to stop. Do a little yeah, ghost because it's also in Old Town. People can get some Mexican food, too. That'd be yeah. a great place. If we're going to make one excursion, that'd be cool. It's <laughs> true. I'm excited for that. Uh, if anybody's curious about DLGCon, there's still like one spot available if you want to join. Uh, you can look that up by going to dlgaming.net, join our Discord, and we've got a whole channel uh, for it. Or you can DM any of us about that kind of stuff. So if you're interested, because yeah, we're doing DLGCon in San Diego, five year anniversary. It's going to be awesome. And the thing is, uh, don't forget that you can sign up for our Patreon. It's only $5 a month. Uh, you get a sweet, cool green name in our Discord and other rewards uh, the longer you uh, are a patron. Um, you can also... It, the money goes to us like upgrading our audio wear and to DLGCon and other activities like that. So 
the more patrons we have, the better quality the uh, the podcast gets. You're investing in us just so we can satisfy you. <laughs> really, you're paying yourself. All right. Well, I guess we got the plugs out of the way. Uh, that sandwich <laughs> is called a Dagwood, by the way. I looked it up. A Dagwood. Bobby, I think it's so funny that like back in the day when nothing, there was nothing going on. You know, one guy makes a giant sandwich, and now the sandwich is called the Dagwood. You know what I mean? Like now YouTubers and like TikTokers are doing way crazier shit every single day. Nothing's being named after them. You know, yeah. they're just trying to get fucking likes and stuff. <laughs> By the way, I've, I've recently got into Mr. Beast. I've been watching all his videos. Like I didn't know anything about him until like you just keep hearing the name, you know, and I love it, man. I think it's so good. It's like wholesome. Nobody's getting hurt. It's, it's entertaining, whatever. It's fun. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some games that we have played. Um, I guess we'll say Baldur's Gate 3 till the end here, um, and we'll uh, listen to some new stuff. Uh, I did play Baldur's Gate 3 for the first time this week, so I've got some stuff to say about that. But uh, first, let's hear what's going on with um, Universal Epic Battle Simulator. Is that what the U stands for? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Ultimate. Ultimate. Sorry. I, I that just glossed over. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like Universal. Universal yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. Universal <laughs> Warrior. Why not? Um, so 1.0 came out. Um, that came with some maps, some new units, and some new um, god powers. Uh, I think you now can control like um, a nuclear blast. Um, you could also. I think there's like one other one, but who cares about any of that? Like, uh, that's all fun and good, but it's really the mods being full on that are, is the best part now. Uh, bef- right before we started, um, Nick, I think you'll like this. I have made a battle with um, Slanesh. Um, I had a lot of um, Tyranids. I had, like, for three different types of Tyranids. I had um, Ultramarines. I had uh, droids from Star Wars. I had Yoda, like all kinds <laughs> of shit, man. Like if you can name an IP, it's in here now. Um, There's like three Terminators, a Predator. Yeah, everything, dude. Everything. Doctor Who. It's funny because I try to take some screenshots to share on here and I fucked it all up because I had like five minutes to do it. But maybe next week I'll have a video or something like that. But um, yeah, whatever you're into now, like people are making mods and now you can have two Yodas versus a thousand zombies or whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, and I think it's only going to keep getting better because the, the mod scene is, you know, they're going to continue building these things out and getting better at the animations and stuff. But, you know, the best one, the cream rises to the top and you know, people vote on the mods. So the best animated ones are, you know, towards the top. Dude, um, I always get right. Re- I watched one of these videos one time and it was yeah. like, you know, 10 million Tyranids versus, you know, 1 million Death Quarry Krieg. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I clicked it, and all my fucking suggestions are now just Ultimate <laughs> Epic Battle Simulator. I'm like, God damn it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, it's cool. dude. It, I, I won't. It's hard to say that you play it, right? It's more like you set you set up to your toy soldiers and you watch it, really. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a sandbox. Yeah. And you can. You can like take over one of the units and 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 be that person. Oh, the, yeah, Thanos. I have a Thanos in there, and um, but you're still not really playing it. It's kind of like 
pseudo playing it. So it's not something you sit there and play for fucking 30 hours, but, uh, but there is a game that does that. What's the one that lets you do that? Oh, I fucking love that game, man. I think it's um, an acronym as well. Yeah. I don't oh, remember. I love that game too. It's I like the totally accurate one? battle. Simulator. Yeah. Totally accurate. Um, totally accurate battle simulator. I like think that? so. Yeah. Cause they're going to be in tabs. Yeah. Tabs. Yeah. 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 I love that game. I have over a hundred hours in that game. Um, but yeah, you can do it in this game too, but it's not as, it's not as fun. I, uh, that game's more fun to like strategize, strategize because there's a there's like a a campaign that you go up against and you're trying to act and this is more just like a simulation. Either way, it's 9 out of 10 uh on Steam, 88%. Uh was it 37? The, the only thing holding this back the mod community is like I don't think you know millions of people are playing this. It's just like there might be fifty thousand people that play this or something like that. But yeah, either way, pick it up. It's fun. Um, not as fun as Dark and Darker. Yeah. So <clears throat> I talked about Dark and Darker on the radar last week uh, in regards to it coming out of its uh, legal battles and uh, coming back to its demo state uh, through its own launcher. I get to play a bunch of games uh, of it solo and in teams. Um, and I get to play the new map that came out with the uh, new version of the game. He got killed. And it is very interesting on the different dynamic of how it works now. Um, so there's a new map and it's outdoors uh, instead of being inside of like a dungeon or like a library or whatever. Or in like mines. Um, and everything is dark as fuck. Um, but the main thing is that everybody is fighting to try to get to two bosses. Um, but the map is way more PVP orientated. I mean, oriented. Um, it is probably my favorite map only because the PVE isn't as invasive. Like there isn't things that are just going to kill you in one hit on that map compared to uh, the normal like OG map. You can, you know, you can face certain bosses that are way stronger than uh, your normal like NPCs that'll just one hit you. But on the map, the newer map that I'm talking about, there's only six other teams that you're or five other teams that you're fighting against, and uh, it's just a bunch of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'll keep playing this game over Tarkov until Tarkov fully releases, um, and I can't wait until the Paladin releases for this game because pe- the the thing about the devs for this game is that they're extremely transparent. They're even telling you what like what items are going to come out with each character because every time a character comes out, new items comes out, um, and they're talking about like all their abilities already and things like that. And uh, I'm super excited. The Paladin, I believe, is the last class that they're adding besides. Yeah, no, no, it is the last class. That um, that new map sounds a lot like uh, how Hunt Showdown works. No. Um. Yeah, but you gotta remember this game is intended to like be and uh, function like an old school like first person uh, dungeon crawler like, type dungeon crawler. Like, but it's like really slow. So like your swings are really slow. Like your movement is really slow. So like missing an attack is really like really devastating. Or, like, panicking or, like, you know, not closing a door in time can really cost you a lot. Um, so it's not like Hunt Showdown where you're running around and, like, throwing stuff and, like, lighting stuff on fire and, like, stabbing horses and sprinting. Like, this is very much like a methodical, like, thing. You know what like, it sounds like to me, Bobby, a little bit is those grid-based uh, RPGs that you play. Uh, obviously not that slow, 
but mm-hmm. I feel like you know it's like two notches above that, by the way. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a legend um, of Grimrock. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually what I was thinking of when Nick was talking about this because the first legend of Grimrock was all inside and it was very dark and claustrophobic. And then the second one, you start out just stranded on, on like a beach and you're outside and you can see the sky and all this nature. And it was just such a different change of environment. Um, yeah. It's I, only so, go 35 bucks for the game. So if you want to try it out, it's not risk-free. You can't return it. It's not like it's on a steam game, but it's definitely, I think it's worth its money. Um, I would not suggest playing this game unless you have friends to play with um, because the solo game mode is a lot. Like you can definitely play it. You can play it over and over again. You can even play solo in the team game mode, but the game really shines when you like can build like a team comp, like where one person plays a warlock and one person plays a cleric and one person plays a fighter. That is so interesting, man. Like PVP. It's so nuts. It's PVP high fantasy is crazy. Just even think about like you have spell slots and things like that. And you're, you know, and it's like Tarkov. So like you, you keep your money and you keep your gear and you, you can store gear and you can have multiple characters. So like if you find wizard boots that are like, you might find blue wizard boots that give you two more spell slots and like plus 5% casting speed. You can save that for your wizard character and things like that. So it's, it's very much like, I think it's the best version of like a, an extraction shooter in a long time. You're really selling this thing, man. I mean, you're making me want it more and more. I'm just trying to play. Uh, this isn't on my, uh, highlights, but I did, I've played Battle Bit a few times, and it's really settling. If I wasn't shitty at two shooters before, dude, like I, it's just my reaction times are so fucking slow, dude. <laughs> like these guys are so good. I maybe I need something a little slower, like like this, in order to play. I think I think believe it or not, I think this would be the game that would be good for your old brain. Yeah, because you don't be need good. like in super fast reaction times. Now you do need to be able to aim if you're like yeah. a a ranger or something, but if it's very much like there, there isn't that much of a twitch reaction time. What are the, the classes? Only, there's rogue, warlock, wizard, monk, um, fighter, cleric, and barbarian. And ranger. So nine. And ranger. And ranger. Mm-hmm. Damn. Barbarian, I think, has one of the coolest abilities. They can just break open chests and break open doors. Usually, like, to open a door takes, like, five seconds or four seconds. And, like, to open a chest takes, like, four or five seconds as well. But it's probably like loud, math. huh? When he does it. Oh yeah, but the thing is, the barbarian runs, and you can he, like he steps forward. You can just hear him, uh, you know, yeah. you hear him breathe heavy. <laughs> That's but, uh, so like the, the other thing is like invisibility in this game is true invisibility. Like there is no like blur a little bit like in Halo. <laughs> like it very much is like you disappear. <laughs> and so playing a rogue, a lot of people don't like the rogues because it's kind of like the spy in TF2. Like if you stab somebody in the back of the head when you're invisible and you have like your, your weapon poison, they'll usually die in one hit. Like if they're not like a barbarian decked out in armor or like a cleric that has like anti-poison on, they usually die in one hit. I think, uh, I think a, a well designed rogue, you should fucking hate. Dude. You know what I mean? Like people should hate them. Me and my friend. They're, yeah. They're my, cheap. By me and my, the snipers <laughs> of the fantasy game. Yeah. Me and my friends, we got fucking sclounced by like this one rogue dude he killed us all with a rapier and a, and a knife he stabbed my friend in the back of the head and he was like i don't know where i died from he didn't even go invisible 
this dude was just hiding in the corner in the dark. Jeez. He was he was an orc, so his skin was black, and he was wearing all black, and you just could not see him. And then he beats the shit out of my friend with his rapier, and then he goes invisible because it's a rogue ability to just go invisible whenever you want, right? But there's, it's on cooldown. You only go invisible for like three seconds or like four seconds anyways. So I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Kills me in two hits. I'm like, god damn it, dude. Damn, wow. one dude. Just one dude. And it's there's people that have like compilations on like YouTube of them just absolutely wiping the floor, as all the classes, but it very much is like way more prominent for like rogues to do it. But the thing is, rogues are super squishy. You just bonk them one time in the head with like a cleric's mace and they just like crumble. So, nice, Damn. Man. It's a fun game. Seems wild. All right. Uh, Speaking of fun games, Emilio, I don't know how you're playing Remnant 2 when Baldur's Gate 3 exists. Uh, tell us about that. It's funny because, like, I I know Baldur's Gate's better, but it's like um, you guys are all talking about it, so I want to keep... I want to place. I want to talk about something else, but I'm going to talk about the same thing every week as well. Just something else. Um, this week, I'd like to talk about uh, multiclassing. So, um, as your main character throughout the game, you can pick up these idols. Each idol represents a different class. Apparently, there's 14 classes. Um, when you start the game, you can only pick from like four or five. And then as you play the game and unlock all these secrets, you take these idols to this dude. And then this dude lets you become, you know, an engineer subclass or a uh, alchemist or an explorer or, you know, all these other... And then I think you can swap them out and make it your main class. So you're not, you can basically do whatever you want. You can hot swap your classes. And this game is built for replayability from the ground up. Like there's so much replayability because as you play it and you're unlocking these other classes, you, you'll find other things that you like that go really well with your class. But now you got to go collect all the shit for your subclass and all, all the good items for, for that class. So you then you start hunting, not stuff for your main class, but then for your subclass. And while you're doing that, you might unlock another class, and then you sub that, and it, it just goes on and on, but it's fun the whole time. There's no time that it's not fun. It's just giving you more reasons to go do the, um, the gameplay loop, and the gameplay loop is so fun um, that you don't mind. It's just like more incentive to go play again. Um, I've been playing a lot with Cricket, Cricket Soldier. Of course, he's beat the game twice. And uh, he's like, hey, are you playing solo right now? I was like, no, no, join me. And then we go and play a boss. He's never seen it. Like, it's crazy that he's beat the game twice. I'm, like, low level, and he comes into my game, and he's never seen this boss. And so we had a hard time with it, too. Like, it wasn't just, you know, he's much more powerful than I, but it, it doesn't matter. Um uh, because, like, I, like I've said before, you're just making incremental um, uh, improvements onto your characters. It's not like plus, nothing's plus five. Plus, plus five would be ridiculous. Everything's plus one percent, two and a half percent at the at the at the top end. But uh, yeah, little by little, I mean, uh, it'd be you'd be hard pressed to find two characters that are exactly the same because um, there's so many branching paths you can go down and different buffs and weapons and it's great i mean I, I really love this game but yeah so the whole subclass thing that's a whole new thing that i didn't talk about before because i didn't really know about it now i do 
So even more reason to pick this game up. It would be game of year if it didn't come out in this year that is full of fucking heavy hitters. Now it's going to probably be fifth on the list. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are you guys are chomping at the year. bit to talk about these boulders. <laughs> shit. Well, yeah, I got... I got one more I want to talk to uh, or talk about with the highlights that I put on before we go deep down into the weeds of Boulder's Gate. Um, I played this kind of interesting boomer shooter called Slayer's X Terminal Aftermath Vengeance of the Slayer. It's a hell of a long fucking name. There is a demo out. I highly recommend the demo. This game was really interesting. It was brought to my attention by Burn Division, who is a host on a podcast himself called breathing new life which is all about um new metal which is i think really cool i definitely recommend people going out and checking that out if you like metal especially if you prefer new metal like lincoln park and those kind of things back in the day i feel like it's just super nostalgic but slayers x kind of brought that whole back i felt like i went back into the 90s with this game which was pretty funny and i thought it was kind of just like a really cool indie moment this game specifically because what this guy did is he came up with this game in 1998 when he was in his teens and so so much of the humor is that they've even got the s like i don't know if you guys remember drawing the s with a certain amount of lines in your notebook and that kind of shit and like you know just all of the like edgelord fucking punk shit the yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) and it's you know this game is right out of that i feel like it was ripped right out of like a 90s teenager dream that then a 30 some year old went back and actually made which is what happened what this guy zane did but he created this like online different persona of this creature that created this like hacker man world um that he goes into of fighting different things like poop and this like syndicate and so it's even got like a whole bunch of the humor like speaking of that like if you they had a shotgun that you would use that was called the glass blaster and you just picked up pieces of glass and launched it at turds and then when you would kill them it would make the fart noise and so it was just like all these little goofy details i thought was really fun um, you know, overall, it's overwhelmingly positive on Steam. It's 98%. I do think it's troll as shit and pretty funny. It came out on June 1st, so like somewhat recent. It's got a sale going on this weekend, so it's 15, it's like 14.44 right now. I would highly recommend at least getting the demo to download and playing it and just getting a good laugh. Or if you grew up in the 90s, then like definitely play at least the demo of this because. There's going to be so many like fun little throwbacks and it's a pretty fun game of just going around shooting and killing stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I thought this was pretty great and I've, it felt really, really cool and awesome too to like feature and be on um, Breathing New Life's podcast and talking about like the intersection between metal and video games because I don't feel like we have a crazy amount of games where there's metal and we definitely have like a lot of music games that have been out there, right? Like I think of like Rock Band and Guitar Hero and stuff like that. Metal Hellsinger. Um, I was just going to say we talked a lot about Metal Hellsinger because that was the most recent one. And like that one was just like amazing. And they actually had like a lot of really awesome metal artists there, like the lead singer of Dark Tranquility and Soil Work and the uh, singer of Lamb of God and like all kinds of uh, different artists. And that game was awesome, too, because I loved that that was a rhythm boomer shooter, boomer shooter, sorry, where as you killed and got more multiplayers on the beat, they added more elements of the actual song with the singer being last, which I thought was such a cool mechanic and unique with that. 
this game like i said is much more the slayer's x this is much more i think of like a troll and like a super deep passion project like if you really want to see kind of the inside mind of the guy that created this like this is a good game for that because it's so personable and you can you can just tell it's great he's got all these like little hidden gems of the newspapers during his time when he was in school in like 1998 just like hidden in places and so there's all kinds of like little things in this game that i just thought was really fun very nice very nice yeah so i mean should we should we move forward move on to it talk about the (laughs) big beast again every every week making it back let's hear some stories about some boulders gate bobby what was your experience like like trying it for the first time so for the first time i've been waiting for bobby to tell us what's wrong with this game man (laughs) same i it's such a large game that i can't really speak definitively about it so i'm gonna give you my first impressions um there's a big learning curve and I haven't quite got around that yet. So I still, I I still feel like it hasn't quite hooked me yet. And I just think that's because I haven't gotten too comfortable with the game. I'm still kind of confused by everything. So you can turn on a tutorial option when you, when you start the game, but it, uh, it doesn't give you that much in the way of tutorials. Um, it popped up during my first battle and says, hey, this is how combat works. It very quickly explained it. And then I didn't see another uh, tutorial window for a very, very long time. And I can't even remember what that was about. But they do kind of throw you right into it. And it's been what a long time. are you t- playing, Bobby? Uh, a dwarf paladin. <laughs> oh, yeah. I only say because, sorry to cut you off. I only say because I've heard that the learning curve is completely, has a lot to do with what class you play. Like if you play a fighter, you literally just double click on a mm-hmm. bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's how I played Divinity. But I, I think this is not Divinity Original Sin 3. I, I wasn't really expecting that, but I don't know. If people are going into it, uh, I think uh, if if you go into it expecting that, it's definitely not going to be. So, And that's mainly because this really sticks to the rules of D&D, and I don't think I've ever really experienced that in a game, in a video game. Um, a lot of video games, they borrow a lot from D&D. Um, but this one operates, especially during the combat phase, it operates, uh, as far as I can tell, identically to, uh, to D and D. So it's been a while since I played D and D, um, not the biggest fan. Uh, so it was a little weird for me and I had to kind of refresh my memory a little bit on it. And, um, it's starting to come back. I'm starting to remember everything, but it's it's very different from Divinity. So the uh, Divinity very much feels more like a like a, a traditional RPG video game. You level up your characters, you pick talent points, you do this or that. The combat phase works in this very specific way, but um, now uh, in in Baldur's Gate because there's it's like D&D, there's the, the action, the bonus actions, spell slots, all these things that I have to kind of reacquaint myself with. So I'm starting to get, get the hang of it. Um, the, uh, I haven't, I've done a little bit of a single player, but not much. Um, but they give you those characters that you, you start with, or they stay at your camp. And what we figured out, so we, we've got a group of three going that uh, are playing on Friday nights. And oh, you have a scheduled game now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. 
That's great. And we were going to have a fourth, but um, he didn't show up. Maybe he'll join us next week. But it looks like you can just have somebody drop in, create a character, join your team, and it just sets them to whatever necessary level they need to be. To- yeah, Poppy. So I, I dropped in on your game, and I said that, right? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I just learned it. <laughs> you guys, right. yeah, it's so funny because you're like, we were supposed to have a fourth. He didn't show up. And I come in, and I'm like, yeah, apparently you can just make a character and join any game. Bye. I didn't even think of joining you guys until after I was playing something else. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could have totally. We didn't play yeah, too much longer after you had left. But yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had started a game and, you know, it took forever in the character creation. Then I kind of went through just like the real, I'm talking like five minutes in the gameplay. And I was, and I thought, I didn't see any option. I mean, I guess there was an option to like add other players, but it it didn't quite seem like Divinity where you create this team of four people and, and then um, those are the characters and then people can jump in and they can control those characters. Uh, so we kind of figured that out like on the fly as we, as we were playing, but it, I do kind of like that a little bit better. Um, it, one difficult part about divinity was just staying consistent with the people that you were playing. And often you'd start a, you'd start a group playthrough with like four other people, but then it would fall apart and nobody would play that save anymore. Um, but this gives you a little more flexibility. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it, it's the reason that I think it has such a high learning curve. Not only is that it's like D and D and I got to learn all that again, but they really let you do just about anything in that game. I mean, there are so many actions you can take. Um, and so many, so many options. Um, it really feels so open that, um, it's a, it's a lot at first, but I do like that. I think that, in the long run, that's going to end up making it a much better game is that it just gives you like complete freedom. Can I, can I uh, say something that might, uh, assuage, assuage. I, I shouldn't say assuage. that might impact your opinion on that a little bit. Um, there is, uh, so I'm now at the like 1.7 chapter, like 1.75 or act like 1.75, there's like two things you do before act two, right? Um, <clears throat> when it comes to the later parts of the game, the game is even more open, but it's also even more restricted as well. Like your ability to just slaughter everything is not an option all the time anymore. Um, only because like the repercussions of it are like insane, right? Like there's no more vendors. There's no more like, there's there's like no guidance in this area where just the environment kills you maybe like there's um so like the act one is like this little like taste like a little 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 dab and it's like "Mm, here's this freedom enjoy it and once you get to like act like one one and a half and 1.75 you're like oh i see now like i i see like where the game is going because the game very much has a different feel in act two and act uh like 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 the later parts um but it's still so good dude Uh, that makes me excited yeah because i i just hit like the the spoopy parts and uh it is and like even i'm just like fuck how do i deal with this right because the game the game will be like all right this guy does this you know figure it out like you don't you don't have to fight him but you got to deal with him so figure it out dude and i'm just like what do we do uh nick are you solo or do you have a uh, a weekly campaign 
Um, so I so this is something I wanted to talk about when it was my when my turn to to have the talking torch. But Bobby, do you have anything else you wanted to say regarding like the freedom and stuff with the game? Uh, no. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll go on this long winded rant, I guess. Um, so yeah, I did start my uh, team playthrough with my core like RPG friends that we always play things together. We've been playing stuff since we lived together in in uh, California. Um, we started our playthrough on Tuesdays. We're playing every Tuesday. Actually, we're playing tomorrow because it's one of our friends' wives' birthdays on Tuesday, so we're playing tomorrow. Um, what I will say is super interesting, right? We are all guys that when we play these games, we try to do everything we can in every chapter and like every way we can but as soon as we all played together we all discovered new shit i was like you didn't know this was here you didn't know that this was here and these guys were like you didn't know you can do this you didn't like one of our guys instantly died he got dealt 190 damage in the first like hour of the game and we were like you didn't know you could do that like and he was like i didn't know that was not like an option and it's um it's so baffling to play with people that like especially people that take like a lot of attention to detail to these games. Um, I can understand like the, the appeal of playing the game with people who are also new and like playing it that way. Um, but I'm super thankful that I, I was able to play a lot of it solo, like 24 hours of it solo, pretty much complete act one and then start a team play through and get through it. Cause we were blazing through act one. Nice. That's um, awesome. I, uh, I don't want to be like, Oh, well, my dad's stronger than your dad, but uh, it is another thing that I really like about Remnant, too, is just the the secret sharing. When I play with Cricket, he's like, you haven't been down this way? Yeah, you haven't done this thing? And then when he plays with me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know about this one thing? And so I'm unlocking guns for him. He's unlocking characters for me. And so there's a lot of, like, information sharing. And there's not a lot of games I feel like do that anymore. And now, now there's two giant games that are doing the same thing. Yeah, I think Baldur's Gate has over like a hundred and like something endings. Like it's insane, dude. It's so crazy. It's amazing. There's so yeah. much variety. And Amanda, you have what nine campaigns going? I have a shitload of campaigns going. Yeah, you're you're, you're doing <laughs> so... like the thing that I did with Divinity Original Sin, and I had to like corral myself back. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm just playing with these guys, and that's that's it. I've had so many invites to play Baldur's Gate. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. No, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pretty much it just, I have um, my solo playthrough, which is unfortunately probably the lowest priority in a way, because I have a playthrough with just my boyfriend and I. We just made one where we we made characters and didn't allow each other. We like were sitting next to each other uh-huh. and didn't allow each other to see the other one's screen and just made characters and just went with whatever the, that. Like, we didn't coordinate or anything. He ended up going with, like, a shadow monk rogue. So he does, like, a lot of martial arts stuff, um, but is a rogue. And then I am, like, a pure barbarian fighter dragonborn, like, god complex creature. And so (laughs) that's been the latest campaign, which has been fun. But the big campaign is, like, I have, like, my main campaign is with Lotion and Tagloro. And, like, that's where I'm playing my really ugly orc um, and doing rogue. And then I just we just made a four person campaign that we're playing. We're gonna play that actually after the podcast. We're gonna do that campaign, and we're evil. We're the most evil, we're killing everybody. We're like, fuck you, pay me. I'm gonna kill you afterwards anyway. Like terrible people. And so that's a fun way. It's fun that yeah. you all decided to be the fucking you know the bad guys. 
Yeah. And so it's, it works out really, really well, but it is really fun to kind of going back to like the secret sharing and stuff like that. I feel like um, both my boyfriend and I are very new to the game in a way, whereas like tag Loro and lotion are very well versed in it, especially I think tag, but like lotion's done so much research and is like a good teacher as well. And so I feel like I'm in like such good hands whenever I play with them. It's kind of like when I was playing phasmophobia with you, Nick and, and Leslie and uh, my buddy Virus, I was just like, okay, Dave, you're going to go in the corner and you're going to sit behind the couch and we're going to pull the ghost up and take <laughs> care of it. And I was like, yay, I'm actually having fun because I'm not scared. So <laughs> I feel like I'm in great hands as well with Boulder's Gate. Not that I'm scared. I feel like I'm definitely holding my own in that game too. But it's been uh, pretty fun, you know, besides the fact of Tag Laurel making my half-orc wear a mask because the whole party in that group and that campaign is so hot set my character she's offensive because she's that ugly and so <laughs> that's by design well that's why she hides in the shadows because she's you know she's a rogue nobody wants to look at her and by the time you see her it's good it's it should late. scare the shit out of you yeah exactly like if you see her yeah you should be abhorred because that knife is going right into your face so yeah Dude, it's a good lotion good is doing so much goddamn research he's reading the fucking dungeons and dragons manuals to yeah. fucking kid to get well versed in this game yeah, I feel like I'm playing with two pros. It's awesome. We messaged for like two hours. He was like, "All right, is the Magic: The Gathering universe the same as the as the as the D and D universe?" I'm like, "No, it's not. Like, there's like tie-ins and stuff, but it's not the same universe. Like, some of the he's like, oh my god, all right, cool. Now, now I got to read into this. I'm like, all right, man, have a fun time. Get questions, <laughs> let me know. He's got a pegboard at his house with yarn, fucking sticking, like, fucking Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> yeah, there was a. There was an article on PC Gamer about somebody posting on Reddit about their monk build that was able to do like 150 to 300 damage in a turn or something absolutely insane like that. Apparently monk a, is the way to go. There's a there's a video of a guy. He's uh, so they're fighting this thing. It's called uh, it's called a bullet or a boulet or whatever you want to call it. It's like this weird lizard thing that's pretty much like, halves everything's damage, right? And uh, all of his friends are like, um, he's playing a paladin, and his friends are like uh, a warlock and like a monk and like something else, right? And they're like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna engage this thing, and they're like, no, the thing's super strong, don't do it. He kills it in two hits because he crits on both of his smites, and he deals a total of 187 damage. And they're like, why am I playing anything but a paladin? Like, what's the point? Bob, Bobby, you better come with these stories pretty soon. I killed a dragon two hits. <laughs> There's, Once there's I figure a out what I'm you, doing, <laughs> you can you can definitely min max. There's a there's a bunch of videos on YouTube where it's like min maxers of D and D, like these people that are like super good at math and stuff, and like re, like super read rules are playing Boulder's Gate and trying to break the game without mods, you know, trying to do like millions of damage and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. But also, what makes game what makes fucking D and D fun a lot of times is the failures. When you try to jump across something and you roll a two and you fucking fall and you laugh at your, you know, stuff like that. They want to be super cool at everything. We did find a thing, too, and I wonder if you guys have encountered this or if this has uh, happened to other people. When um, my boyfriend and I got to, like, the Druid Emerald, is it Emerald Grove? Yeah, the uh, that place. If one person's talking and in a cutscene and the other person is running around, we ended up having combat just get initiated because the first playthrough with my boyfriend and i all the druids attacked us <laughs> it's so, like... so there's a there's a thing so 
it, so I found this out as well, and you can even do it in single player single player playthroughs. If you are in a conversation and there are restricted areas, and you go into a restricted area during the conversation, it uh. will immediately initiate combat. Or you go near a restricted item, or you touch like, because normally if you try to steal something or you misclick, they'd be like, "Put that back" or whatever, right? They like they give That's you a true. warning. But if you're in a conversation, like, "Oh, you're distracting me," because you're trying to steal from me. Mm. Now it's game on, and so like the game becomes hypersensitive as soon as you're in a discussion. Um, Interesting. The, only reason, the only reason I know that is because I got fucking slaughtered when I was talking to like this group of people. And one of my characters ran like ran by itself into a corner and just went into restricted zone, and I just got absolutely killed. I imagine you got destroyed too, days by a bunch of druids. Yeah, uh, no, actually, it was. A, the, and this something that I really, really love about this game is that um, if you make the commitment that you're just going to lay in the consequences of the actions that you take. In that scenario, we've decided that we are going to continue playing that route as well because oh. I have a tiefling bard uh, yeah. in that campaign, and we just rolled with it. We killed like all the druids and we're protecting the tieflings, and like two tieflings made it out, and like everybody died. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much loot, and now we have no traders for a while. <laughs> that, that's, that's why if you do like the let's kill everybody thing, you will run out of traders. You can also get stuck. Like you can like literally get stuck in the game and have to force it by just like running to a certain area to continue the game. Damn, uh, Daisy, you, you got fucking bad credit even in Fantasyland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, all right. I'm glad that you guys are all liking it. I, I mean, I really want to play it all the time. But, you know, got to keep the ball uh, rolling. So I have it on my Steam Deck. Oh, what? Really? That's, I wonder if that's going to be good. I saw today somebody plug in with a controller and play it with a controller and how it compared. And uh, it was amazing until you went to fight in a battle. And then it was like, you know, hold on to this and wheel mouse this and press all of this shit all at once. And so, like, it got complicated pretty quickly. And I don't think as fun to play with a controller. How is it on the Steam Deck? I haven't played. I just installed it. I haven't ah. had any time. Um, when it's raining, I work the hardest, and so like, yeah, I worked 17 hours last night, and I'm going back for more, right in about an hour. I'm working all night, I think. So, yeah, um, it's funny because we felt like, oh, hey, you know, we're getting a handle on the, the like, we're getting ahead here on the work. We're we're getting, and then a goddamn hurricane came by and said, nope, start over. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about listener questions? Nope. Right, We've on. got a few of them. First one is from Zap. He asks, or he says, Starfield is two weeks before release, and the game is still, and the game still hasn't been completed. After a meager list of recent AAA games and middling releases like Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon Five, do you think Starfield will make or break Microsoft Game Studios? How many chances do companies the size of Microsoft, Blizzard, and Bethesda get before you write them off as a whole? I think, uh, in my opinion, I always write these guys off as a whole until I see something that is, like, glaringly good. Um, so, like, Starfield, for example, I will not buy that day one. I'm going to wait, like, a week um, and just see what people say. If it's completely broken and there's, like, video card crashes, then, hey, I just saved myself, like, 70 bucks. But, like, I'm not itching to play Starfield, to be completely honest. Like, I have Baldur's Gate. I have the DLC for... Um, 
total war i have armored core i have dark and darker i have all these other games to play so like i'm not like fiending to play a space game right now i'm in fantasy land so it's like leave me alone you fucking nerds um but didn't some people get an early copy of this game for reviews yeah there's a couple of people that have been posting videos and and like uh screenshots and stuff like they, they got hate like uh apparently Bethesda got hate for like how plain their start menu looks and someone tweeted like from Epic Games or something no Blitz, someone from Blizzard tweeted was like you can tell how much work was put into a game based on the start menu like Starfield's start menu is is plain and and uninventive and things like that and it's like someone responded with I'm sorry that it's not an ADHD person's fucking night and like dream with like a link to a battle pass and like linking your fucking Steam Steam account to this game so you can play it um yeah i don't know i I feel like there's probably a lot of examples out there that of great games that have simple start menus exactly this what does the start menu do like even in newer games the start menu doesn't exist after the first time you play it like in god of war as soon as you launch the game you never go back to the start menu like it it it's as simple as that so yeah I mean, I'm not, I don't really care much about Starfield. It's not something that I'm keeping close eyes on, but um, I don't, I don't know. I don't really uh, write off Microsoft, Blizzard, Bethesda. I mean, you're always like one, one game away from being back on top. Right. So I I, totally agree. I mean, isn't that what happened with Diablo four? I mean, years of hate kind of not disappeared, but, um, is a little more obscure and people aren't pointing out all the inact or like uh, failures of, um, of Blizzard right now, because, you know, I, I think Diablo four was a resounding success. And so, yeah, it's, uh, they always say this in UFC, they always say that like, you're only as good as your last fight. Cause that's all what people remember. You know, if you put on a fucking spectacular show and get a first round knockout, suddenly the last three losses you had, people, nobody's talking about it. And that kind of, we, we um, people's opinions have a lot, they suffer from recency bias as well. You know, it's just like, it's hard to hate something, a game studio that just put out a game that you just played a hundred hours of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, for sure. and really who's ever batted a thousand, you know, like uh, people fuck up, uh, game studios fuck up. And sometimes they come back. I mean, it was sad to watch Blizzard's kind of like slow demise because I really loved fucking. But they were making millions of dollars on top of that. Like, really? They were just they weren't doing what hardcore uh, or gamers or true gamers, whatever we call ourselves, would would call, you know, games. They were like cash grabs. But um, yeah, man. Uh, and then game, Microsoft Game Studios. Like, I feel like the track record is not that bad, dude. Like the Forza series is doing well, the Halo series is doing well. I know Infinite didn't wasn't giant success, but people played it. Gears Five was like one of the best Gears. Um, the sea of Thieves, people are still playing now. Uh, the Age of Empires, the the new one was. Uh, it, I don't know if it was a commercial success, but it was a very good game. Um, the the flight simulator. I'm just looking at a list. I mean. I'm seeing more hits than than misses on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Starfield in a way. Uh, But, I mean, once again, Boulder's Gate 3 is 
all I'm going to care about for the next few months. So it's kind of a shame that Starfield like has two more weeks before release and like the game isn't completely like finished because I feel like they could take their time because everybody is distracted and this year has so many bangers that it's just like, I don't know, in my opinion, I'd rather them wait until the beginning quarter of 2024 and release Starfield and have it be like even more epic and amazing and then start off next year on like a great leg, you know? But that's me being selfish. Yeah. How how many times did Elden Ring get delayed and people were like, oh man, this is the third time the game's getting delayed and people were like, just wait. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be awesome. Just wait. And it was. It was game of the year. Like, it, it... if you just let things fester and just let things come naturally, they will be good. But if you're going to release a half poo-poo, like half finished, like glad, like house of cards, like it's not going to do well. So I don't know if fester is the right word, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's like a verbal thing. Dad joke uh, incoming. I think if I put my steam deck that has Boulder's gate uh, in my backpack, I would have an older over the holder balder holder. Anyone? Boulder, Boulder's Gate, Boulder. Could you call it Boulder's Gate again and maybe think of? Boulder. I did call it Boulder. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. Boulder's <laughs> Gate and Remnant too. Yeah. Remnant. The two biggest games of the year. We can't fucking say, man. No, you Killing two it. can't say. Yeah. Dude, at least we don't have Ray anymore. Who couldn't pronounce anything? It's true. No, it was just Bethesda. Bethesda. (laughs) It was just that word. And buttons. All the buttons on my controller. Oh, my God. The buttons. That is nightmare. (laughs) All right. Another question from Zap. The Video Game Game History Foundation recently conducted a study that found that 87% of classic video games are unavailable for purchase. What role do you think storefronts like Steam and Epic should play in game preservation? I took a hard stance on this. I don't know how much I stand behind this, but I said, let it all die, man. It's all garbage. And then anything that's worth uh, keeping around, somebody will remake because they were going to make money. If it truly is good, uh, somebody's going to remake it and it'll be because it's valuable. Like the ideas are valuable there. Otherwise, it's just nostalgia. You're just playing to nostalgia. <laughs> take that attitude into every history museum, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't go to history museums. <laughs> Um, we know. I, I I don't know. I don't think they play any role or really need to play any role in the preservation, honestly. I mean, Steam and Epic, they're just trying to make money, right? The people that actually preserve these games are usually the the, the fans or people who care about this stuff and not just making money. So I don't, uh, I don't Usually, know. I did bring up GOG. They do a little bit of this, right? They make sure that old games are playable and modern game, uh, things, but mm-hmm. they're not... I, that's such a monumental task there uh how do they decide what is the next game probably the one that they think they can sell the most copies of well i don't think gog is making a ton of money selling copies of dangerous dave and crystal caves yeah. you know right but right they um I, yeah they do kind of focus on on that and they that's just kind of part of their principles they make most of their money selling the big games like the witcher and uh, the whole thing about GOG is they don't do DRM. So if you've got a game with DRM, it, maybe this has changed. I haven't lo- uh, looked into this in a while, but that was their whole thing. So if you had a game that had DRM, they couldn't sell it in their marketplace. 
Which is a lot of games, or was yeah. a lot of games. Well, it's a lot of games. The way that DRM usually works is when a game is initially released, they have it on there, and then after a while, they're not selling as many copies. It's not as a, uh, as big of a deal if it gets pirated. Then they'll take it off, and it improves the performance. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, there was a, a Netflix special, a documentary called High Score, I think. Um, I talked about it when it came out. This is probably a couple years ago. It was all right. I mean, it was like any other Netflix special on video games. They cover all the usual bases. But they had talked about, they had touched on this a little bit about how games are disappearing. And there was one in particular, this game called Gay Blade that was made by this uh, guy in the in the early 90s where you, um, it's an RPG game where you play as a gay character and the enemies are all, you know, like evangelicals and, and hardcore right wing people. But, um, and the game was lost. They interviewed the developer and he's like, yeah, I don't have a copy. And it's just, you know, it's, it's lost. And this was a fairly popular documentary. A lot of people watched it and, um, promptly forgot about it. Like most things on Netflix, but, uh, I think it got enough, um, notoriety that, um, it reached somebody who had a copy of the game and they did find it. So it's back out there again. And the people that like care about this stuff and preservation, um, like a, a lot of the things the, the reason why like steam and Epic can't play much of a role in this is because of, um, like licensing and, and those types of issues. Uh, so you see a lot of this preservation done by the fans and it, it borders on piracy too. There's really not any way to, to avoid it. But the, the reason that a lot of things, and, and this kind of bleeds over into movies as well a lot. Um, you look at something like the uh, Project 4K77, where people are taking, just fans who know what they're doing, are taking 35 millimeter prints of Star Wars and um, digitizing them and putting them out there with a the film grain, just like total grindhouse. Like this is how it looked when you saw it in the theaters in mm. 1978, the original sound and, yeah. and just going through like, all the steps to um, restore this and keep it intact. Like nobody's going to do that for, um, for a profit. Nobody can, because it's, uh, it's illegal. (laughs) You can't, you technically can't do that. So I, I don't know. I think piracy actually plays a big role in, in preserving um, media. Bobby, how, how does public domain work? I don't know if you're an expert on it, but like I thought after 20 years, doesn't that kind of open up? I don't know uh, if it's 20 years. It depends on what it is. But yeah, public it domain. Depends on the medium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If something's in the public domain, it's free for anybody. But there's uh, other things like uh, fair use and copy. I, I used to teach copyright. I used to bore the hell out of these kids when I, I did a, my section on copyright. But um, it's it's really actually fascinating stuff and very confusing, which is why this stuff usually goes to court. But yeah, public domain is like really old stuff. Yeah, I think Winnie the Pooh hit public domain a long time ago, but then like it got rehashed out and now it's not in public domain anymore. Yeah, and the big companies like Disney, they always do stuff to get around putting their stuff in public domain. So uh, it's, it's very, if you've got like the money and the power, you can uh, kind of override that stuff. So... Yeah, it's I, I believe way. it's I believe it's seventy five years is the uh, is the public domain like like uh, absolute unless you figure out a way around it like Disney does because um, people were talking about like oh these are the IPs that are going to hit the public domain sometime soon 
but that's why like for example like scooby-doo has had so many versions come out is because like warner brothers is constantly making sure that it's not going to go to public domain because mm-hmm. like once again like my daughter's been super obsessed with scooby-doo and she's like i'm like all right let's put on scooby-doo and there's like 80 seasons of it i'm like who the fuck is still making scooby-doo and it turns out hbo is <laughs> they have like legit like in 2022 they made 50 episodes of nothing but just guest episodes so wow it's pretty cool that was pretty cool um what's the next question we got oh uh, next question sorry i was looking something up i um I went to a convention a couple years ago on, uh, it's like a huge teaching, uh, educational convention. It's called Q, Q-U-E. And, uh, I, I sat through this panel that was really good. And I wish I would have known about this before, back when I was teaching video production, but there's this website called copyright and creativity.org. And it's like, they, they basically did all the work that I, I had to do to create curriculum for teaching um, copyright to kids. at And they have it for every age level, too. But most people know very little about copyright. And honestly, like, it would be beneficial if it was explained to them like they were in elementary school. So that's actually, like, a pretty good, um, pretty good resource if you're trying to teach that stuff. Uh, last question we have is from I Tom. He says, "What video game track or tracks gives you instant nostalgia?" Mine would be the theme of a love from Final Fantasy IV or Stickerbush Symphony from Donkey Kong Country Two. Um, and then in Discord, Be Kind Rewind had also commented that he had a Sega Master System, and the theme for Alex Kidd in Miracle World was imprinted on his brain. So what songs are imprinted on your brain? For uh, for me, probably Tetris is a big one that comes to mind. Uh, Tetris theme song. Uh, definitely Elder Scrolls 3, Morrowind theme song for sure. Lose my shit when I start here. Well, honestly, even when I hear like the Skyrim or Oblivion theme song, I love that too. Or the main menu song. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, Borderlands 2 with the... Uh, the short change hero by the heavy that one always gets me too <laughs> it's a good one but yeah what about you guys um am i can you guys hear me yeah we can hear you okay um yeah skyrim always any note from any song in that whole thing um i i love um i mean to the point where like it gets me excited it really moves me that all that shit all that fucking viking yelling and fucking war chants no it's crazy um and then, um, dude, you, I forgot about Borderlands 2. They uh, introduced me to Cage the Elephant, and I, I bought that album, and I loved every so- fucking song of Cage the Elephant. I'm, I love those guys. The Heavy, they're awesome, too. They had, the, the music was a big part of that game, I think people forget, because uh, everybody talks about the comedy and the gameplay and all, all the other stuff. But, uh, yeah, the music was a huge part. Um, and then Bastion always um that great the narration and then also the uh songs especially build a wall i always 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 talk about that game uh mine's gonna be an unexpected one uh for me because i'm usually a playstation guy but the opening theme for halo mm. uh just the cart like the carthusian monk like chants to the like rock and roll it's just like so fucking cool every time i hear it sometimes i'll play it in my car <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's definitely like when i hear it i'm like oh halo 
What's going on right now? <laughs> Such a good one. Yep. Uh, but yeah. What about you, Bobby? I feel like you guys are picking a lot of uh, more modern things than I would have expected. I don't know. I think it was like nine when Halo came out or ten when Halo came out. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, you're a little younger than us. Uh, I don't know. There's so many songs I remember from video games. One in particular that gets stuck in my head a lot is from Super Metroid. I think it's the prologue. I, I think that's what it's called. It's like the when you first start the game, it, or it might be at the title screen. I'm not sure. But it, back when you couldn't really tell or you couldn't music in those games, it was very very uh what do they call it like um chip tune or uh you know it wasn't like 8-bit it it was really low quality back then and what's been so incredible is like these occasions where they have these video game music performances and they play one of these old super nintendo or nintendo songs with a full orchestra or with vocals or something and you hear it and it sounds completely different but yet very familiar and it's like it just has a whole nother life to it I'd, i noticed that with uh in final fantasy 3 there's that whole part where you have to uh take part in, you play a role in an opera and one of the characters sings and at one of these video game concerts like someone sang that and it just sounded incredible um, because it wasn't like this low bit or this low quality chip tune um but i would love to hear that super metroid song uh just done with a full orchestra i think that'd be incredible maybe they've already done it i should look on youtube yeah i'd say i think you should it's what i usually do if there's something that i like from video games i always look up if there's like an orchestral version yeah and uh i just i don't know if that I feel like Metroid is a popular franchise, but I don't know if that particular one, like people would really, the the music in that game is just absolutely incredible. It's just so like sci-fi synthy, like the whole soundtrack to Super Metroid and that game in general is just one of the all-time greats in my opinion. But yeah, I have to look around and see if that's out there. All All right. I guess that's an episode. Hey, Bobby, you know, because the only Final Fantasy you ever bring up is um, is Final three. Fantasy 3 because it's the only one that you've ever played. Yeah. And uh, just out of curiosity, I was like, I wonder how it ranks, uh, you know, compared to the other ones. And uh, it's just the first list that I picked up. It's from uh, comic book thing, whatever. But it's, it, it is from Metacritic. And um, Final Fantasy 3 is second to the last... <laughs> in worst one but it's still a 79 but um, Se- second to the last yeah for the worst for the worst yeah so wait so number one would be the worst um I think I understand what you're saying. It, it's yeah. second to the last. It's it's yes. the second worst one. Okay. Second worst one, yeah. Okay. I, I'm guessing seven is probably the best. Um, let me see. I mean, Ten dude, that's a Super seven. Nintendo game. They got a lot better, I'm sure. Well, you know, being new doesn't make so I mean this uh, so nine is the highest score one. Really nine, okay. Yeah, nine, and nine point wow. nine. I, I've gone back and played Final Fantasy three many times, and it is, 
it's maybe it's because I played it so much, but it's you really just do the same thing. It's like this character is always going to do this, and then once I unlock the chainsaw with Edgar, I'm always going to use that, and then once Sabin gets this uh, ability or whatever those were called, like I'm always going to use this one. Like it's it, it gets it's a lot more linear than when I was a kid and kind of figuring it all out. And I thought, oh, this is you know so cool and expansive and such a big game. Like it's yeah, there is not much to it. I'm sure they got way way better. Yeah, they were doing a lot of tricks to make you feel like the world was much bigger than it actually mm-hmm. like it, any wor- any game that has a world map and you're like well i can go anywhere but there's really only four cities yeah like, exactly it just makes you feel like yeah japan has the street illusion of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of choice they, they right. call street fighter 2 the world warrior but there's only eight places you can go yeah all right what's everybody playing next week Baldur's gate 3 i'm assuming armored core Armored Core Baldur's 6. Gate 3, yeah. Armored Core 6 is coming out. That's right. I saw a commercial for that on TV. Damn. Wow. It, wow. Uh, it's incredible to me that you saw a commercial, dude, more than... Because My girlfriend gets cable through Hulu? Yeah, through Hulu. Um, and yeah, it's, a, it's commercials all the time. It's so weird to me to see that. I hate commercials, yeah. but um, yeah, dude, they are, they're pushing that what? game. What is so good that you guys are willing to put up with commercials to watch? It's usually that it's just <laughs> when we're doing something else. I'm working on my laptop. We just put something up on the screen yeah, and we don't want to gotcha. have to click on things. So, yeah, I heard that people are getting like cable television through Hulu now and it's like 70 or 80 bucks a month. And I'm like, wait, I feel like we're going backwards here. I thought we were cutting. It's the all the same, cable. dude. I was thinking about that. It's just like, how far have we really come? You know, yeah, it's not that expensive. Right back. I, I think it's like 40 bucks, but you can get all the add-ons. You can bundle it with Disney. You know, in Europe, like Disney and Hulu are the same thing. I don't think they have Hulu mm-hmm. there. I think it, all the Hulu stuff is just put in with Disney Plus, or maybe it's the other way around. But yeah, dude, it's like they they repackaged it in different ways but we're exactly we're doing the exact same thing we were when we had cable you know <laughs> just a quick rundown real quick what do you guys subscribe to i got netflix and obviously prime you have to have and um and you you mean like what does my girlfriend subscribe to <laughs> she, does she get them yeah i knew you uh what about you nick do you have them all i know you have HBO. no you have my hbo by yeah. the way yeah that's why we opened uh, it for it. <laughs> uh, now I have Netflix, and Disney Plus, because I have a daughter who's yeah. three. It's kind of a must. And then I have uh, Amazon Prime. That's it. Yeah. Now, did you have any? I just have Netflix. I have Peacock and Paramount Plus, and then I share a lot of people's accounts. Then I've got like my sister Disney Plus. I've got some people with Crunchyroll and. I don't have HBO Max, though. I mean, I definitely have Amazon Prime. I own that. Um, Hulu, I have through Spotify. Like, when you whatever do the Spotify premium, you get Hulu with it. And so things like that. Um, Apple TV, I just have somebody's account that I watch off of. So, like, I try to get all of them, but, yeah. Netflix uh, just instituted their whole anti-account sharing thing. And, I know, it um, sucks. Yeah, I had to deal with it, and it's funny because I... I used to share my account with my mother-in-law who's in Mexico and somehow it thinks that she's the primary fucking holder. And I had to fight with Netflix for like 30 minutes trying to get a a hold of my own account. I think it was harder because it was in Mexico, you know, Hmm. but anyway, I was just curious what people still, you know, are, is there people out there that subscribe to everything still? But I guess it's a, it's a mix of 
subscribe to two and then borrow eight. Pretty much. That's how we're all making Bobo, it happen. Bobby just draw, jumped straight to the borrow ten. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my girlfriend has everything, but dude, honestly, at least when it's me and her, I don't know what she watches when I'm not there, but like when it's me and her, like 90% of what we watch is on Hulu. It's yeah. like, we could get Hulu, away with Hulu's just one of the best. Hulu mm-hmm. did a very good job of just like partnering with everybody and packaging themselves with everything and just like being, yeah. like, like everything, everything that was syndicated, they grabbed. So it's like, you know, it's got Seinfeld, family guy, American dad, like all the cartoons Bob's that I watch. Burgers. Like, yeah. Yeah. They just seem to have like, like everything that I want to watch and like a, a all right selection of movies too. Last question, Bobby. Um, are you still restoring old cartoons? I haven't had as much time work is picking uh, up, so I haven't had as much time, but yeah, I'm still messing with that. It's, um, I was feeling dude, that has to be valuable to somebody, somebody who needs all the content for their thing. You could probably just fucking sell it to them or something. A whole seasons of like some old shit. That yeah. like Not everybody likes upscaled stuff, though. It does change the look of it a little bit. Yeah, because you are you are creating stuff that wasn't originally there, like in the in the animation. So I don't know. Some people don't don't really care for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's in a show. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's gonna, on me. You gonna uh, sign us off there, Titty Man? Yeah. Speaking <laughs> for Bobby, Amanda. Uh, Nick and myself. Um, Boulder titties. Bye.